Welcome to We Sing the Bass Electric, a podcast for bass lovers and music enthusiasts of all genres. Join us as we revisit some of the most iconic recordings from different bassists, past and present, discussing behind-the-scene insight and stories that made up some of the most revered albums of our time, all from a bass player's point of view. Now here's your host, international recording artist, Mr. Christian Day Masonis, a.k.a. Big New York. Welcome to part two of my conversation with bassist and founding member of the classic rock band Heart, Steve Fossen. We pick up our discussion with Steve's memory of one of the largest outdoor festivals in rock and roll history, California Jam 2. And also, what happened the night Steve was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Um, you have two iconic moments in your career. Uh, you know, where you were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2013, which I did read that you were like a kid in a candy store, man. I, I, I did some research about, I've read some articles about how you couldn't sleep and I just found that to be very, very cool. Uh, but also, your performance at California Jam in 1978, which I did watch on ABC in concert, and uh, I have some great memories of that performance. Do you have any cool stories from either of those events that you'd like to share? Well, you know, there was so many people and such gigantic traffic jam at, at Cal Jam mm -hmm. uh, 1978 that they had to fly us in by helicopter. So we flew over the, the field, which was, I mean, it was the infield of a racetrack. So there was, it was just people, just a sea of people. And uh, I don't know, you're, you, you'd think you'd be nervous playing for that many people, but we were, you know, we kind of talked about it when we were coming up through the ranks and what, you, what you're actually doing is you're playing for one person at a time. So if you, if you think of it like you're trying to impress that person there, well, if you impress that person, then you, everyone's going to be impressed at, mm. but in the same way. So anyway, you're nervous and you're excited and, you know, you just think, wow, that's pretty cool that, you know, we've been invited to do this. And, and you know, backstage, all the other artists that you met and it was just, it was like, it was like being in a big rock band. It's like being a rock star. <laughs> Well, that's what you are. So you didn't get into uh, any political discussions with Ted Nugent back then? <laughs> he was hanging around, but I, no, I, I didn't really hear the uh, people weren't political in that way back then. Yeah. It was, everybody was, everybody was just partying and having a good time, basically, and trying to stay healthy and, and work hard and, and be successful. Uh, you know, one of my memories of that performance, which blew my mind later was a band called Rubicon. And I never forget watching this little dude, man, run backwards and slap the bass. He had these big round glasses on. And, um, you know, years later, you know, he, he made his claim to fame with Night Ranger and then Damn Yankees. But it wasn't until I was in a record store and I saw a Rubicon album and I'm looking at the cover and I see, holy crap, it's Jack Blades, man. <laughs> and it's Brad Gillis. You know, I'm like, you know, and, I, and I'm like, 
I didn't put it together, man. But did you know uh, Jack Blades back then? Did you we, did you have a relationship with uh, any no, of those guys? No, but oddly enough, Jack lives you know within fifty miles of, of Seattle right now. Okay, he lives on Whidbey Island, and we've run into him at parties, and he well, like jams at you know parties that we jam at and stuff. So uh -huh. he's he's a great guy. Did you want to hear anything like a, a story about the, uh, um, the Hall of Fame? Absolutely. Well, at the time, I was uh, uh, on chemotherapy. Oh. And I was on uh, prednisone and chemotherapy. And uh, before the, the show, uh, we were supposed to have dinner. So we get to the place wh where the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame had res reserved our, our place for dinner. Well, somebody else had used my name and got my spot for dinner. So I had to, to sit through the whole Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on an empty stomach with all this chemo stuff coursing through my body. And uh, so I, I, was, I just didn't feel like I could speak, to tell you the truth. That is a very deep story, Steve. <laughs> I, um, that's a does anybody know that story? Are you sharing this for the first time? Uh, yeah, it's probably the first time. One of the first times, yeah, for sure. Well, thank you for sharing that. <laughs> that is a very, very um, meaningful and deep story. And you know what? As we get older, man, I mean, every day is a gift. And so many of us, we, we, uh, we're living with situations that we keep inside that we try to you know, not share yeah. with the public. Yeah, and you know, I'm not one of those people that's 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 going to say to feel sorry for me or anything. But yeah. I didn't say that to, for people to feel sorry for me. I just said that because that's you asked, and that's how I felt at the time. And I just, you know, like I said, I just didn't feel like I could speak coherently. It was going to be hard enough just to play. Yeah. So that leads me to my next question: How how did you play if you were weak like that? And <laughs> you know, well, how did you pull that off? I I don't know. I just just the the moment took over. I remember I was standing on stage and you know you could see Tom Petty and uh, Quincy Jones and you know all uh, Jack Nicholson, all these stars, Oprah Winfrey, all everybody's out there, and you're just feeling like, wow, this is amazing. And it just so happened that Jan Wenner was sitting like right in front of me, mm -hmm. and he had the biggest smile on his face, like because he was responsible for you know I mean he he kind of, I don't know, he wasn't responsible for us getting into the Hall of Fame, but he was happy that he, that he had the Hall of Fame and the situation was there for Hart to, you know, re, have a reunion on the Hall of Fame stage. And he was, he's, the smile he had was so big and, and so genuine. And I just, every time I'd start to feel a little sad or uh, a little weak or something, I'd look out there and see Jan and it just brought me up. So you only did one song, correct? You only performed yes. one song on it? Yes. Right, okay. yeah. we, we, you know, we all felt like we should have played Barracuda too, because Roger Fisher and Mike DeRozier are co-writers of Barracuda. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know, it just, it was an opportunity that was, uh, that slipped by in my opinion. And mm -hmm. I, I think Ann and Nancy wanted to, um, give a little credit to her little props to their band that they'd been touring with for a while, but the opportunity was there for us to play Barracuda and we, and it passed. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. You know, it's a sticky situation, isn't it? I, I've been 
I've attended a rock and roll hall uh, of fame induction at the Barclay uh, uh, in Brooklyn to see my uh, my band Kiss. You know, I grew up with Kiss. Uh, I'm a Brooklyn kid, and uh, you know, uh, I was really really happy to be there to to uh, support the band that brought rock and roll into my life. Like for you, it was the Beatles. For me, it was Kiss. Kiss was a big thing for me. But tell me more. Tell me something else, man. Okay, I so, hear- you know, of course, I, Summer and I went there together. Uh-huh. And we, uh, a friend of ours who was on the, uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, board, he had a private jet and he flew us down there. And, you know, we stayed in the Ritz-Carlton right across the street from the Nokia Theater, which in Los Angeles, where it was held. And, you know, we'd be sitting around and we hear a knock on the door and there'd be some flowers and a, and then a little while later a f- knock on the door and there'd be a basket of fruit and, and a little while later a basket of chocolates. And so all this stuff is going on. We had limos, you know, 24 seven if we needed them and you know, whatever. But the thing that I remember, and so the, we went out down there a couple of days early and the day before the actual uh, show induction ceremony, they had heart had a rehearsal. This was the first rehearsal that we had to play uh, Crazy on You. Mm-hmm. And uh, we and we were told, okay, so it's just gonna be, because Howard, he, Howard lives in Los Angeles. And, and of course, Roger had his, his uh, girlfriend and I had Summer, but we were told we were only allowed to be there, just us, it was supposed to be private. So, um, so it was just Howard and, and, and Raj and I and Mike, we, we get down, we get in the limo and we, we drive to the place and we get, get there and uh, we're kind of futzing around with the gear and everything and figuring out what we're, you know, you know, getting the settings on the amps and stuff and in walks Nancy's entourage, her total entourage. She had her, you know, her husband, her dogs, her friends or their handlers, everybody was with her. And then Ann comes in a little while later and she's got all of her, you know, the same thing with her. So they all had their support group, support people with them. And we were just there on our own and because we were told not to, not to bring anybody. We thought that was weird, but when we played Crazy On You, of course, um, they could have recorded that the very first time we played Crazy On You and it was perfect, top to bottom. And you haven't played that together in what, how many years? You know, it had to be 30, 35 years, maybe. 35 years you haven't played that song together with the original lineup. And um, that says something. That says something. You know, it's always, it always bothered me that Heart was, uh, to me, marketed as a chick band, to me. You know, I mean, growing up, I'm listening to some great bands. A lot of male-oriented bands, of course, right? Yeah. But, um, you know, I always thought that Heart was a band band, not two women, and, you know, and then hired guns. I always felt <laughs> that the band was a real band. You guys wrote the songs together, correct? Yes, right? we right? certainly and did, yes, we did. So, so it was a real band, and then somehow, somewhere, it, it was marketed as, you know, almost as these two women... Like and you guys were the backup guys and and I never dug that, I, it bothered me. Yeah, you know? well, it, it 
it didn't sit well with us either. And it created some tense, you know, more, more tension that you need because before we made it big, that's the way it was. It was, and like, like I was trying to explain during the recording of Dreambone Annie, that's the way it was. Yeah. It was all of us pulling together. You know, we were all, it was like a, we were all on the same team pulling, you know, helping each other, you know, cause we knew we wanted to be successful. And then the, as, as soon as we got successful and then all of a sudden, uh, Anna and Nancy kind of started moving away from from being uh, part of a band to being, you know, a sister act or whatever. And, yeah. And it was in most of the time that I was in the band, it wasn't that bad, but uh, I mean, uh, certainly after Mike and I left the band and uh, especially after Howard left, it got to the point where it was all about Ann and Nancy. And, and nowadays, I mean, they, I remember uh, listening to classic radio here in Seattle and they would put, uh, <clears throat> they'd play a, a heart song like Even It Up or, you know, Crazy or Love Alive or something. And they, and they wouldn't even call it heart. They'd say, hey, there's Anna Nancy Wilson. And, uh, but, but it was us, it was us, we did the tracks, you know. <laughs> so it was kind of weird. But then, thank God and thank goodness that the, uh, the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame recognized the fact that it was a band and that Anna Nancy Roger, uh, Howard, Mike, and Steve were, were uh, it was a band. It wasn't just, you know, Anna and Nancy Wilson. Do you, um, I mean, before the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame event, were you still on speaking terms with the sisters or no? Well, you know, if I saw, if I saw Nancy at the, the grocery store or something, yeah, I'd say hi and we'd chat a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but, but, no, but no late night call chats, no, man. No, they, no, they, <laughs> no. And, you know, which is weird because when, when uh, Ann, see, Roger and Ann and I, we had a band, you know, a kind of a club band together before um, we moved to Canada and, you know, formed the version of Heart that, you know, was successful. And, you know, Ann was a regular person. I mean, he, we'd sit around and joke and laugh and, uh, just do normal things, go out and, you know, uh, go out for dinners and lunches and all that kind of stuff and hang out. And one time I remember we did a gig over in uh, Eastern Washington and we all floated down this uh, irrigation ditch together. And, you know, who knows what the water contained, but, <laughs> yeah. but we did yeah. it anyway. And, you know, it was just, it was, we were all just, it was, it was friends yeah. and friends and it was a band and the band, Every all you know how bands work. They're all friends. They get along and they have fun, and then they get on stage and they kick ass. You know, so yeah. To this day, you know, I mean, uh, I, I I always love my bandmates. You know, yeah. and there's you know, and when you love somebody, it's kind of unconditional in a way, and you know, you just love and appreciate you know every what everybody brings to the table. Absolutely. And, and that's how I felt about Anna. I thought, you know, I thought she was a great singer and she was a great person. And yeah, she I still is. She's a she's a phenomenal singer, phenomenal she is, talent. Yes. She is. She, yeah. She's got the brains. She's got the will and she's got the chops. So she's yeah. great. tell us what's in store for Steve Fossen in the future and how can fans stay connected with you? 
Well, uh, what's in store? Okay. <laughs> so obviously this, I mean, to put this in perspective, I mean, the pandemic is winding down because of the, the vaccines and everything. And, um, and now the phone is starting to, to ring as far as gigs go. So we, we, every day we're getting more calls and more opportunities to go out and play. So Heart by Heart is gonna be doing, um, you know, booking as many shows as we can. And this year is starting to fill up a little bit. And of course we already have shows that we were postponed many times, but now they're gonna be in 2022. So we'll be out to Heart by Heart, we'll be out. And you know, you can get a hold of Heart by Heart through heartbyheartband.com or heartbyheart.com on and uh and then email us through heartbyheartband.com and uh I, I know i'll just be out there um we people don't seem to have any trouble getting a hold of me that's for sure i was really thankful that you responded to me um i just started this podcast about six months and i don't know if you've done any research but i i've kind of interviewed a lot of my heroes and a lot of people that i I grew up with, you know, and, yeah. uh, and, uh, yeah, you know, I love doing this stuff and I'm very, you know, you know, honored and pleased that people, you know, want to speak to me about it. Well, I'm very thankful to you, man. Really? Yeah. Well, it was great to meet you. I'd love to run into you. I mean, we've, we've been to New York a few times doing those showcases for different, uh, outfits and we have, we did a uh, show on long island up at the theater up at the very tip of long island <laughs> hey mm -hmm. and the restaurants do not stay open very late there yeah yeah <laughs> uh, but you know but but i don't live in new york anymore i live in uh, northern virginia so if you come if you're playing at you, you'll probably be booked at the birchmere most likely have you played the birchmere before no we have not Okay, Love that's to. probably the place that you'll be. If you get a gig in Northern Virginia, you'll probably hit that place because. Okay, they, and what city would that be near? That's near Alexandria. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. we we actually played Virginia a few times, but it was a, for a private. Uh, it was a private gig for um, a corporation. Uh, twenty twenty was a great year on the books, mm -hmm. but as the as the gigs got closer and closer, they got canceled or postponed or whatever, you know? So we haven't even, we had some great uh, 4th of July things, a couple of gigs planned around there and we were gonna do it this year, but then now it's postponed until 2022. Mm. We're not even doing a 4th of July this year. Well, Steve, thank you for spending your time with me. I look forward to, to doing this, these kind of things because, uh, you know, Back in the day, like we were talking about earlier, I mean, everything, everybody was focused on Anna Nancy. Well, now, um, you know, they're starting to realize that, you know, us guys contributed in a big way to the whole success of Heart. So I'm, I'm glad that people are starting to realize that. And I can tell my story, which is great. I always knew it, Steve. I always knew it. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> well, have a wonderful evening and hopefully... Let's keep in touch. At least let me know um, if you do any get any gigs in my area, because I'll love to uh, come down and, and support. It'd be great. I, cert I certainly will. I certainly okay. will. All right. Have a good Thanks. Have a good night, Steve. Take care. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. If you enjoyed this educational music program. 
please subscribe to We Sing the Bass Electric on your favorite podcast platform. We would love your feedback. Email us at wesingthebasselectric at gmail.com. For bonus material and a chance to win merchandise, such as autographed CDs and more, subscribe to our YouTube channel and join our mailing list at wesingthebasselectric.com. As always, thank you for your support. And please buy music from these spotlighted artists. It makes a difference.